Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. If you've not already, I do encourage you to check out my two ebooks. All I Needed to Know, I Learned from Columbo, and All I Needed to Know, I Learned from Dragnet. Uh, these books examine the careers and histories of seven great fictional detectives and life lessons that can be learned from them. They are available wherever fine ebooks are sold or as audiobooks in the Apple Store or through uh, Audible.com. And you can find all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks over at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now we're going to get into the syndicated adventures of Philo Bands. And to be honest, this is probably what most uh, old time uh, radio uh, fans will think of when they say, well, I'm going to listen to Philo Vance because that's just the vast majority, more than. 95% uh, of what's out there is from this uh, radio run, uh, which began in 1946, and as a syndicated program, it was sold throughout the country. The series starred Jackson Beck as Philo Vance, and with that, I think we're pretty well set up. We'll have a lot to talk about, about how the series worked. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into uh, today's episode. Now, I want to let you know the original air date is September the 26th, 1946, and the title is The Eagle Murder Case. <laughs> Nothing much wrong with the guy we're carrying, is there, Doc? Oh, not too much, Steve. Fracture of the right arm and right ankle. I had more trouble with his wife and two partners. They wanted to ride along to the hospital in this ambulance. That's all I need, passengers. Yeah. So what happened to the guy we got in back? Auto accident. He had his wife and two partners in the car and tried to wrap it around an elevated pillar. Funny guy. He fought against my giving him a hypodermic. I wonder why. No reason. No good reason, that is. He kept saying, no hypo. Please, doctor, I'll be murdered before I get to the hospital if you give me a hypo. That's nothing, though. Shock hysteria brought on by the accident, that's all. I wonder why a guy would think someone was going to kill him. He didn't know what he was saying. He kept mumbling about no hypo right up to the time we closed the doors in the back. Don't you remember? I remember him saying something, but I didn't pay any attention. Well, here we are. Yep. I'll have this back door open in a jiffy and our friend fixed up before he knows it. <laughs> he thought somebody was trying to murder him. He doubled your doctor? Emergency ward, Steve, sure. What else could it be? Well, I'll hop in and grab the top part of the stretcher. Now, uh, stay right here and get ready to grab it, Steve. I'm ready. Shove it down. Oh, Steve. Steve. Yeah, Doc, what is it, Doc? We don't mark this case, E.W., for the emergency ward. He's got a knife stuck in his right side. He's D.O.A. What? Yeah. Dead on arrival. Uh, 
Sergeant Heath, that's all I can tell you. I, I could swear he was alive when we put him into that ambulance. Nobody could have got in when we were en route here, and yet that knife was sticking in him when I opened the door. That's what I like. A nice, simple murder. Why did I have to be a homicide detective? Hey, Chief, the district attorney just walked in. That's all I need. Okay, Doc, you can go. Stick around in case I need you. Yes, Sergeant, I'll be here. Hello, Heath. Hi, Mr. Markham. Well, we got another one. I know, I've got the whole story. Only it's not possible that a man with nothing more serious than a couple of fractures is alive when he's put into an ambulance and dead when the ambulance reaches its destination. Don't I know it isn't possible? Sure, we got suspects. We got the guy's wife and his two partners. But how can I tell who if I don't even know how? I think maybe this might be a case for Philo Vance. Oh, now, wait a minute, D.A. We don't need Vance snooping around here. That's what you said in the Bishop murder case and the Green murder and the Canary murder cases. But he was the one who solved them. Oh, he was lucky. Look, D.A., give us 24 hours. Then maybe I won't mind Vance. You won't mind Vance? I'm going to ask him to work on this case. Maybe he won't mind you. Hmm. What time is it, Miss Deering? Uh, one minute to five, Mr. Vance. Thank you, Miss Deering. Are you through the letters I dictated? They're on your desk, Mr. Vance. Will that be all? For the next 30 seconds. And then... Then, Miss Deering, it'll be five o'clock, and a coach and four drives up. I remember to call you Ellen, and you forget to call me Mr. Vance. <laughs> well, 30 seconds are up. I'm glad, Vance. Now we can be ourselves. Where are you taking me tonight? Well, to dinner, for one thing. I never starve my women. No good private investigator would. It might lead to a private investigation. Hello, is anybody home? <laughs> oh, sounds like your friend the district attorney's in the outer office, Vance. Markham, we're in here. Hello there, you two. How are you? Hello, Markham. Well, Ellen, I see it's after five o'clock. Because I'm sitting on Vance's desk? I always sit here. Chairs are so uncomfortable, Markham. <laughs> and incidentally, how are you? Incidentally, I'm fine. Actually, not so good. Problems? A problem. Vance, will you help us on a case? Police are puzzled in mysterious murder. Now, look, Vance. A man named James Dalton was driving his car this afternoon when he had an accident. In the car were his wife and his two business partners, Ed Edwards and Bill Graves. Mm-hmm. Dalton was the only one injured, and an ambulance was called. That's easy. The butler did it. Go on, please, Markham. My secretary will be applying for unemployment insurance if she interrupts again. <laughs> well, the ambulance doctor says Dalton was alive when he gave him a hypodermic and put him in the ambulance. But he was dead with a knife in his side when the ambulance arrived. I don't suppose it could have been suicide or anybody hiding in the ambulance. You know better than that, or I wouldn't be here, Vance. No, suicide is out because the man's right arm was fractured and the knife was in his right side. Mm. There were no fingerprints. That's all I can tell you because that's all I know. You said this Jim Dalton's two partners were with him. Partners in what? A costume jewelry firm, the Eagle Manufacturing Company. What do you think, Vance? Sounds intriguing, doesn't it? What about your police? How does Sergeant Heath feel about your coming to me? Or doesn't he know? What he means is, can he expect the usual non-cooperation from the sergeant? Miss Deering, haven't you a letter to type or something? The name is Ellen and the answer is no. Uh, filing, perhaps, Miss Deering? Oh, ganging up on me, eh? <laughs> Vance? Yes? If the doctor gave Dalton a hypodermic just before he placed the poor fellow in the ambulance, and then the ambulance doors were closed, how could the man have been murdered? Well, it certainly sounds intriguing, Markham. 
And you might be interested to know I'm working on this case as of this minute. Oh, he doesn't fool me. He's taking this case because he knows already who killed Dalton. On the contrary, Ellen. I'm taking the case because I haven't even the slightest idea of how it was done. Mr. Edwards and Mr. Philo Vance would like to see you. Yes, sir, right away. You may go in. That door there. Thank you. Mr. Vance? Yes, Mr. Edwards, I suppose. How do you do? How do you do? And, uh... How can I help you, Mr. Vance? Mr. Edwards, you're one of the partners of the Eagle Manufacturing Company. That's right. I'm investigating the murder of your partner, Jim Dalton. Well, what do you want of me? Just some information, that's all. I'm trying to figure out how he was killed. I've told all I know to the police, and all I know is nothing. I told the cops I had no idea who could have killed him, and I don't. The police inquired about partnership insurance. Sure, sure, and we had it. A lot of it. But Jim had life insurance, too, and, uh... Mrs. Dalton gets that. And I, uh... I didn't tell this to the police, but the Daltons haven't been getting on for years. Well, it seems I'm getting somewhere. I hope you are. Do you mind telling me just where you're getting? Not at all. I'm getting myself out of your office and over to see Mrs. James Dalton. Why don't you stop bothering me? Why? Haven't I had enough with the police all afternoon? Mrs. Dalton, I'm not here to bother you or anybody. I only want to do what I can to find out how your husband was killed and to see that his murderer doesn't go unpunished. You say the police don't know how the murder was committed. Well, neither do I. Ed and Bill and I saw poor Jim last, but it couldn't be either of them. They, they both loved Jim almost as much as I did. According to them, maybe that wasn't so much. What? Well, Mr. Edwards seemed to think there might have been trouble between you and your husband. He told you that? All right, there was. Now I'll tell you something. They both wanted to get Jim out of the firm. They needed his money to get them started a year ago, but they're doing well now and didn't need him at all. And they hated him. Both of them did. Why didn't you mention this before, Mrs. Dalton? Because I didn't believe that... I didn't know what to believe. All I wanted was to be let alone. You haven't been very helpful, Mrs. Dalton. I believe the murder was the result of coincidence. How it was done, I don't know. But somebody wanted to murder your husband and saw his chance after the accident. But how could he have been murdered inside an ambulance? I don't know. I wish I did. Do you drive a car, Mr. Vance? What? A car. Do you drive one? Why, yes. What about it? Nothing. Or something. Depending on how clever you are. I drive. I'm a very good driver. I'm good at a lot of things. Does what I've just said mean anything to you? Frankly, no. I think you're trying to tell me something, but I don't get it. I know only one thing, Mrs. Dalton. Somewhere along the line, your husband's murderer made a mistake. All murderers do. My job is to find out what that mistake was. Does Steve always drive this fast, Doctor? Well, ambulances are made for speed, Mr. Vance. You're not nervous, are you? Nervous? No. Anxious. Anxious to get some information and then get out of here before we have an accident and need an ambulance. (laughs) Well, you grabbed me just as we got this emergency call, Mr. Vance. It was your idea to come along, you know. I know. The least I should get out of this Mercy Messenger, which rides more like a roller coaster, is some information. Well, I don't know a thing, Vance. 
Nobody seems to know anything on this case. Doctor, you're interning at the hospital, aren't you? Yes, part of my training before I go out to practice. You don't make much money, do you? That's a pretty stupid question. Of course I don't. And look, Vance, you're wasting your time with me. All right, you don't know how this murder was done. Well, neither do I. Nobody knows except the murderer, and you've got three pretty good suspects, if you ask me. I wasn't aware that I had asked you, but go ahead. Well, there's those two partners, Edwards and Graves. All you have to do is take a look at either one of them, and you'll know he'd think nothing of shoving a knife into somebody. And they're both smart enough to have figured out a trick way, too. Agreed. Then take Mrs. Dalton. I watched her when she came down there to the hospital. She's a manic depressive if I ever saw one, or has all the symptoms, anyhow. Psychopathic? Definitely. Intervals of exaltation and depression. Clever mind. Superiority complex. Changes from one subject to another without reason. And maybe you don't know this, but Mannix are potential murderers. That's very interesting, Doctor. Thank you very much. But getting back to your not making a lot of money and that question I asked you, which you thought was stupid. Yes? Maybe it isn't so stupid, Doctor. Jim Dalton's death meant a lot of money to several people. One of them might have been willing to spend a little of it on you to make sure Dalton died. Wait a minute. Hello, Bill. Surprised to see your partner after business hours? Yeah, Ed. Kind of. Come in. Thanks. I came by to congratulate you, Bill. It was a nice, clean job you did on our ex-partner. I don't know how you did it. Frankly, I don't care. You think I killed him? I know you did. Couldn't very well talk about this at the shop, what with cops and that Vance guy hanging around, but I can now. So, congratulations and thanks. I could say the same thing to you and mean it more, Ed. I know you killed Jim. (laughs) That's all right, kid. I don't blame you for not admitting it to me. We don't like each other and we never did, but uh, I still say you did a good job. Look, I don't have to stand for you accusing me of murder. No, no, that's true, you don't. Uh, Suppose we sit down and you tell me how you did it. You get out of here. And if I don't, what'll you do? Murder me too? Well, you dirty... I'll fix you. Keep your hands off me. Get them off! I'll take care of you later. Edwards? Who's there? Anybody mind if I come in? Who are you? Oh, uh... Hello, Mr. Vance. Uh, Bill and I were just talking. You uh, know my partner, Bill Graves, Paolo Vance. How do you do? Hi. You mentioned, Edwards, that you and Graves here were just talking. I'm sorry, but I couldn't help overhearing, even a block away. Having trouble, boys? Nothing we need you to fix. I only dropped in to talk to you a minute, Mr. Graves. You see, gentlemen, I expect to have a solution of the Dalton murder by morning. Is it just barely possible that one of you won't sleep so well tonight? This is District Attorney Markham. The Eagle murder case is proving one of the most baffling crimes in our records. Even Philo Vance, whom I asked to take the case last evening, has been able only to corroborate what we already know. That James Dalton was injured in an auto smash-up. That his wife and two business partners were in the car but were unhurt. That an ambulance doctor administered a hypodermic against Dalton's wishes. That he was alive when placed in the ambulance and dead with a knife in his side when it reached the hospital. Vance told me he was going to spend last night reading up on the case, but I haven't any idea what he meant. (laughs) 
No, Miss Deering, I haven't seen Mr. Vance this morning yet. He must have overslept. Fine boss. Expects his secretary to open the office for him. What will bosses think of next? Your floor, Miss Deering. Thanks, Johnny. When Mr. Vance arrives, kindly tell him to go home and not to come back without a note from his mother saying why he was late. <laughs> I sure will. <laughs> Unlocked. Oh, Vance must be getting forgetful. Wow! What hit this place? A cyclone? And fast asleep in my chair. Mr. Vance? Vance? Darling. Uh, oh, oh, hello, Ellen. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Vance. <sighs> I trust you slept well in my chair all night. What happened here? It looks like a literary version of a pillow fight. Who's been throwing books around? I have. That is, I haven't been throwing them around. I've been reading them. All night? Practically. Very interesting books. Psychiatric studies. Psychiatric? Mental cases, Miss Deering. Uh, preparing an autobiography, Vance? Mr. Vance? It's after nine o'clock, remember. And the answer to your question is no. I've been doing some very interesting, if as yet unproductive, research. Take a letter, Miss Deering. I will if you'll let me borrow my chair and desk. Sorry. Here you are. Sit down. Thank you. And now, Mr. Vance? Letter to F.X. Markham, District Attorney. Usual heading, dear so-and-so. Dear District or dear Attorney? Dear Frank, here are the facts I've uncovered in the Dalton murder. Got it. Go ahead. I wish I could. I haven't even a theory. Well, that's just as well, because I can't take theories in shorthand. Let's see. The ambulance doctor could have killed Dalton. Edwards might have, Graves might have, and Mrs. Dalton might have. But how, how, how? You're in a rut, Mr. Vance. I'm in a dilemma, Miss Deering. All four had possible motives. But none of them had any opportunity to stab Dalton inside that ambulance. Not even the ambulance doctor. He wouldn't have had time enough. Apparently, it was impossible for anyone to stab Dalton after he was put in the ambulance, so... Ellen! Miss Deering, please. Ellen, I've got it. What? Dalton wasn't stabbed after he was put in the ambulance. He was stabbed before. Before? Ellen, get this picture. Dalton is on a stretcher. Yes. He's just had a hypodermic. He's just about to pass out. His two partners are on one side of the stretcher, his wife on the other. Just as Dalton is lapsing into a coma, one of them sticks the knife in him. Vance, it could have happened that way. Listen, it could have been done without anyone seeing it, too. Ellen, that's it. Well, maybe, but it only eliminates the ambulance doctor, that's all. That's right. Now, let's see. Let's take the partners. Edwards and Graves have violent tempers. Mm. They were almost at each other's throats when I saw them yesterday. Mrs. Dalton, unless the ambulance doctor and I are very much mistaken, is a manic depressive. A who what if? Manic depressive. Oh. A form of psychopathic instability. She's got some of the symptoms, jumps from one subject to another for no reason, overdeveloped sense of superiority, morbid, depressed. That's what I was reading up on last night. And are manic, uh, whatever they are, murderers? They could be, according to what I've read about them. They can be switched away from murder, though, to another thought in a second. Maybe Mrs. Dalton forgot to throw the switch. Maybe. But it might not have been Mrs. Dalton at all. Dalton was stabbed in the right side. We know now he was stabbed just before he was put into the ambulance. Whoever was on the right side of the stretcher did the stabbing. Vance, you're wonderful. I'll never commit a murder while you're alive. Thanks. You may now tear up your notes, Miss Deering, and get Mr. Markham on the telephone. Ask him to please have everybody concerned in the same place on the same corner where the accident happened yesterday. Sure, Mr. Vance. This is just the way it was. The ambulance was parked right there where it is now. Only there was a crowd around. 
Uh, the doc and the driver had the stretcher in their hands just the way they have now. Thanks, officer. Look, Vance, you know this is a lot of nonsense, don't you? Maybe you're going to wish it was, Mr. Edwards. Maybe you're going to wish you hadn't started any of this, Vance. Somebody's going to wish that. But it won't be me, Mr. Graves. Mrs. Dalton? I'm here, Mr. Vance. Now listen, all three of you. I want you to take the positions alongside the stretcher that you were in yesterday. Now, please. Doctor. Doctor. Oh, yes, Mr. Vance. I'm here. You were carrying the back end of the stretcher, just as you're doing now? Exactly, sir. Okay. Now, Mrs. Dalton. Yes. And you, Graves and Edwards. Yeah. Is that the position you were in yesterday while the stretcher was being carried to the ambulance? Mrs. Dalton on the right side and the men on the left? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. I believe that's right. You'll remember Mr. Dalton was stabbed in the right side. Did you get that? The right side. Wait. Wait. I wasn't on the right side at all. I was on the other side of the stretcher. I walked alongside the stretcher on the other side, where Edwards and Graves are now. The dame's crazy, Vance. We were on the left side, Bill and I, weren't we, Bill? Don't listen to them. They're trying to make it look like I killed my husband. I was on his left side, I swear it. Doctor, please, you must remember. You must believe me. I swear to you, I was standing on the left side of the stretcher. What about it, Doctor? I... I think she's right, Vance. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure of it. When we were putting Dalton into the ambulance, Steve had the head part of the stretcher, and I had the foot part, and... Yes, I remember Mrs. Dalton on my left. You're sure you were there on the left side, Mrs. Dalton? I'm positive. Edwards and Graves were on the right side. And that proves they murdered my husband. On the contrary, Mrs. Dalton. It proves that you did. She you know what, Mr. Vance? So you figured that out, did you, Mr. Vance? All right, nobody move. Nobody, I said. Well, that gun of yours might go off. I'd be careful if I were you, Mrs. Dalton. I'd be more careful if I were you, Mr. Vance. Or any of you. Turn around. What? All of you, turn around, I said. That's better. I'm getting away from here, and I'll shoot the first one that turns his head. Remember, I'll shoot the first one that moves. What do we do, Mr. Vance? You can make your own plans, officer. Personally, I'm not moving. Hello, Vance speaking. Vance, this is Markham. Just wanted to tell you that we haven't been able to pick up Mrs. Dalton yet. You will. She can't get very far. Aren't you worried? Don't you think she'll try to kill you? After all, you spoiled her perfect murder. She won't come up here, Markham. Her first job is to keep out of the way of the police. She won't waste time looking for revenge. Good night, Markham. Good night. I'll let you know if anything happens. So I won't waste time looking for revenge, Mr. Vance. I don't consider it a waste of time. I don't know a better way to spend the next few minutes than to use it killing you. Hello, Mrs. Dalton. Pretty gun you have there. You don't fool me any with that unconcerned way of talking. I'm going to kill you, and you know it. You know, of course, that people who are going to commit murder don't generally talk to their victims. They just shoot. I don't care about people, generally. I'm an individual. Smart enough to have committed murder and gotten away with it if it hadn't been for you. And smart enough to have slipped in here, kill you, and still get away. It wouldn't do any good for me to say, I don't think so. Not a bit. I didn't think so, but it was worth a try. Your hands are shaking, Mrs. Dalton. They're as steady as a rock and you know it. I have complete control over my nerves. Manic depressive. Exactly what I thought. Overdeveloped sense of superiority. Manic depressive? Certainly. All the symptoms. You're insane, you know. What? Oh, it's true. Manic depressive. Singleness of thought on one subject. Can't get it out of her mind. Acute concentration. You mean if I came here to kill you, I couldn't change my mind? You couldn't even talk about anything else. Fashions, for instance. What about fashions? That dress you're wearing. 
It's an original. I designed it. You know, at first I wanted it to have pleats down the right side. See? I can talk about something else. I'm not insane. I'm not, I tell you. I hear you, Mrs. Dalton. This dress is my favorite. I designed it first with pleats on the side. I'll show you how it would look with them, but you won't like it. I I'd planned them down here. I won't need this gun. And you can see for yourself that it throws the lines of the dress off. There. Admit it. The pleats wouldn't be right, would they? Your gun's on the floor, Mrs. Dalton. Of course it is. I threw it there. Those pleats, then, they wouldn't be right, would they? They wouldn't really be right, would they? Mr. Vance, those pleats wouldn't be right, would they? Answer me. In a second, Mrs. Dawson, as soon as I pick up your gun. There. Now about the pleats. I'll tell you what I think about them on the way downtown. You won't answer me. You tricked me. I came up here to kill you and you tricked me. But it doesn't matter. You can take me to the police, but I'll find a way of getting out of jail. I'm clever. Believe me, I can do it. Can you? Well, the sooner we get you into jail, the sooner you can try. Shall we go, Mrs. Dawson? It's still a few minutes to nine, Van, so before we get down to business, will you clean up a point or two for me? About the Dalton murder, Ellen? Mm -hmm. Well, if I can before nine o'clock, I will. Well, let's hurry, then. When Mrs. Dalton came up to your apartment to murder you last night, what made her change her mind? The characteristics of a manic depressive, Ellen. They can be led easily from one subject to another. I told her that she was a manic, but I lied a little. I said manics couldn't ever change their minds. Oh, so to prove to herself and you that she wasn't crazy, she did exactly what you wanted her to do. Forgot about murder to talk about something else, not knowing she was proving your point. Not to mention saving my life. Anything else, young lady? Oh, it's nearing none, I can tell by your voice. One other question, Vance. Let's go back to the murder scene. Now, you told me that whoever stabbed Dalton had to be on his right side, yet Mrs. Dalton was on the left side of the stretcher. That's correct, Ellen. Now, look, this desk is a stretcher. Yes. I'm lying on it. Uh-huh. Now, where's my right side? On the right side of the desk. That proves that Mrs. Dalton didn't do it. On the contrary. You see, poor Jim Dalton wasn't lying on the stretcher the way I'm lying on the desk. His head was at the top of the stretcher, where my feet are. I'll show you what I mean. I'll reverse my position. There. Oh, golly. When, when he was on the stretcher lying like you are now, his right side was on the left side of the stretcher. Certainly. Mrs. Dalton saw what I was getting at, knew I had her cornered, pulled a gun, and got away temporarily. Darling, you're wonderful. I don't think so, but then what's my opinion against so many other people's? <laughs> Take a letter, Ellen, darling. Uh-uh. You mean Miss Deering. It's after nine o'clock. So it is. Take a letter, Miss Deering. Yes, Mr. Vance. Dear Ellen, this winds up the Eagle murder case. Thank you.
Welcome back. Well, let's start out by talking about casting. Ellen Deering was played by Joan Alexander. And Alexander and Jackson Beck actually worked on the adventures of Superman. Alexander played Lois Lane. Beck served as the announcer. He also uh, created the voice of Beanie the Copy Boy, which I think gives you an insight into the economics of radio. These days, if you have a regular role on a television series, let alone a starring role, if you have a regular role on a television series, you are pretty locked in. That is what you do. At least for the months that are filming, if you want to, you know, appear in a short play or do a movie appearance, it's going to have to be uh, when the show is not filming, you know, or you can work around that occasionally, but that's the general expectation and rule. Uh, during the golden age of radio, it was really quite another situation. From a practical standpoint, once the script is written and you've got the right actors, it is really simple to turn out a good audio uh, drama, provided you've got the right people working behind the scenes. So for the actors, this is an hour to of wor uh, work at most. Now, if you were in a play in New York, or if you were in a movie in Hollywood, you could work around a bit of radio, say if you were doing a regular role. But if radio was kind of your bread and butter, you really needed to make a lot of it. And you had time to make a lot of radio. So in this case, you have uh, Beck and Alexander, both of whom had significant roles in a daily serial, also have time to be making this weekly program. And certainly they were doing other work on the side in addition to that. Now, when the district attorney was mentioning uh, various past cases, including the Bishop murder case uh, and the Benson murder case, he was tying the radio series into the same world as the books, because most of those had been book titles. Though strangely enough, uh, giving Markham the first name of Fred is definitely not something in the book. In the books, Markham's first name is John, which seems to be one of those little pointless changes. As for the case itself, it definitely had a good hook, but I find myself a bit dubious at the solution. The idea that one of the people around the cot could uh, stab the victim before the body is, was placed into the ambulance and the resident and, and the ambulance driver not notice it seems really super far-fetched. Then again, we have the uh, resident giving this mental health diagnosis to a woman he's barely met and not really examined in any sort of thorough professional capacity. While I'm far from an expert on this particular subject, 
I do know enough to know that there are a lot of different uh, mental health conditions that can have some similar symptoms and that uh, you really, uh, you know, if you're going to diagnose something as a doctor, need to spend some time and really drill down to understand what's actually going on. In terms of the characterization, I should be honest that uh, I was initially uh, planning not to do the syndicated version, that we would just do the three episodes that we played. However, we are running out of episodes, and I consulted our Patreon supporters, and they recommended going ahead. And this kind of reminded me of why I was uh, so hesitant. Uh, because Philo Vance is so full of himself. I mean, that moment at the end where uh, Ellen said, you're wonderful, and he said, I don't think so. But what can I say against the opinion of so many others that you just want to? But I will say that Jackson Beck does the best with the character that he possibly can and makes a character who, in the wrong hands, the wrong actor, really could be insufferable. Uh, he becomes barely tolerable. I do think he does get better as the series uh, does uh, go along. Uh, and I do enjoy Joan Alexander in this. Uh, she's a lot of fun. She's got some great lines. I love the I can't take uh, theories in shorthand. That was really cute. And I think that their chemistry together kind of overcomes uh, some of the innate problems with the overall series. Uh, so I thought this was okay. And uh, I think there are going to be some better episodes to come. Now, one more thing regarding the show dates. And whenever you're dealing with a syndicated series, uh, we're dealing with the best information for where a particular uh, episode originally aired and what the air date is. Uh, and oftentimes, a company will produce, say, 26 episodes or 39 and at some point, they will increase the, and eventually 52, but they'll sell in these 13, uh, 26, 39 episode uh, chunks. So it's quite possible that Jackson Beck made some episodes of the series. They were sold in syndication and made some more. It's also possible that he made some uh, syndicated episodes starting in. 1947. All we know for sure is that there was this set of episodes that uh, went out uh, in 1946 uh, based on uh, the radio logs, so we can assume that. And then we have some later logs from 1948 and 49. So per usual, when it comes to syndicated programs, we really are doing some guesswork here. So yeah, unfortunately can't be avoided. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and we have a comment here uh, from Richard. Richard uh, sent me a direct message over on uh, Twitter. Richard writes, I don't catch all the shows, so had no ideas you had a little one on the way. I kept thinking about babies all evening before listening to your show. I'm so happy for you both. 
Whenever I decide to hoist a glass, it will be to the three of you. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your kind uh, note there, Richard. And uh, now I do also want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Doug, Patreon supporter since October 2016, currently supporting the program at the Detective Sergeant level, uh, $7.14 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Doug. Well, uh, that will actually do it for today. I do want to encourage you to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Philo Vance. And join us back here tomorrow for an adventure with the man with the action packed Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... Johnny Dollar. Dupree, Johnny, down at International. Oh, hello, Paul. Nice to hear your voice again. How are things? All about the same. Johnny, would you like to come over to my office and meet a girl? She pretty? Very. Interesting? Very. As a matter of fact, she just told me the most interesting thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah? What's that? She just told me that she was dead. I better come over. And I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>